0: Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to have you here as always. And thank you. Some of you guys have shared last week's podcast or podcasts from previous weeks in your social media feed. And I can't tell you just how grateful I am for that. And if you haven't, and you feel like you want to, if there's some that something that you've heard that you think others might want to hear or benefit from, I would love if you share it. If you do, tag me in it and I will share you in return. I'm just grateful that you guys are here and the feedback that I've been getting just is super motivating to me. I know I shouldn't let it sink in as much as it does. <laughs> the external validation, but I'll take it. So thank you for that. And now we're gonna we're gonna talk about something fun today. Um one one subject that I just want to get into and break it down for you and then send you with kind of a little bit of homework if you want to increase your skills in this and you want to apply these things. I'm going to give you specific tools how to do that today. All right. So first off, all of this kind of comes from imagery Uh, from a quote by Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl is a Holocaust survivor. He's a neurologist. He's a I think he's a psychologist as well. But he wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. And here one of the quotes that I love by him, he says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I don't know. That imagery. So I want you to kind of imagine maybe just a line, a a number line kind of a thing. And at the beginning, there's that space. That's the stimulus. Okay. So just like a bar of that stimulus. I wish you guys could see my hands. I talk with my hands, but it's fine. Whatever. So there's the stimulus. And then there's this new little rectangle that is maybe a little bit smaller and that's the space. That's our choice. That's where we think. That's where we examine. And then after that, there is our response, right? So for some of us, especially with those emotions that we really, really don't like to sit in, that response, little box, section of the number line that's filled in a different color, might be almost non-existent. It's tiny. It's only one or two integers when it could be 10 or 15, all right, before that response box, before the actions of response or the words, you know, said. Some of us are so quick to respond. So it's like stimulus, response, stimulus, response. And that little box of choice is really, really tiny. And I don't want you to judge yourself on this because remember that's the brain's job is it's trying to sort things and it's trying to be efficient. So if it has that stimulus and it fits perfectly into the story of whatever judgment or belief that you have, it's going to spit out the same response every time just to conserve energy. And that's when I say like this thing feels so much like truth, like this is just how we have to respond because that's truth. But the Only reason why it feels like truth is because that little box where we have choice is just so tiny, it's almost non existent. Okay. So, the whole point of this podcast, the whole thing that we're going to do this week is we're just trying to widen that box of response time. We're trying to kind of slow it down, pause it, spend some time there, really inquire of our thoughts and see what is true, see how we want to do that response. And I'm not telling you that you should make your responses right every single time. What I'm telling you is just to widen that box. Give yourself some more time, some more space, a little bit of thinking about it, allowing it and letting it sit there before we have the response. We could still choose the same response that our brain wants to filter things to, right? We could choose our quick response, but what I want is for you to actively choose, for you to kind of weigh your options, for you to make sense of things rather than just your brain conserving that energy. Okay, so example, your spouse says something, right? They just say some words, that's the stimulus, and then your reaction might be fear or anger. Let's say that they said words that were kind of critical of somebody that does the same work as you. So if you're in multi-level marketing, they made fun of somebody in that same space. And your brain automatically took the stimulus of those words and pushed it into the box that feeds all of your insecurities, right? That danger, danger box of like, people don't like this and I'm being annoying and this is never gonna work, okay? It filters it right into that. So your response is anger toward him. We have to shut him down. Really, it's coming from fear first, right? This fear of rejection, fear of your dreams not working out like you had planned. All that fear bubbles up, but then we jump straight from fear to anger because fear feels a little bit uncomfortable, right? Layers that emotion on there. That choice gap is really small right that choice box is really really small that time that we gave it it went straight from he said words instantly you made it mean something about your story and then you had the response maybe you said something to him maybe you went to your room maybe you felt the emotion really really strongly however it looked that choice section that part between stimulus and response was so instantaneous you didn't even know you had a choice we didn't give it much thought so This week, we're not even working on those, like the thoughts, the response that we want to have. That's not the section that we're going into. All we're going into is getting as much of a grip as we can on where where was that time when I had that choice. Maybe it's in retrospect, you look back on some of the decisions that you made, some of the things that you said, and you slow it down and you find that space between stimulus and response because sometimes it's going to feel so fast like did I even have a choice where was that where was that little section of the bar graph that I had choice because I don't even know if it existed okay so we're trying to slow all of that down I do have some tools for you okay so you can look back at it in retrospect that might give you a little bit of grip on it a little bit of observing and seeing where we can apply that next time but here's where I want you to start, is the emotion, all right? Stimulus happens and immediately, the thoughts are kind of blurry, but you feel an emotional response to it. I want you to start asking questions. That helps us slow down this box before we say anything, before we have to rebuttal, get mad, control the other person or the situation if it happens to not be a person. I want you to ask yourself some questions, okay? I have a list here. I'm going to pull it up. But the first one I want you to ask yourself is, what emotion am I feeling? All right? What emotion am I feeling? Get in your body and name it. It's not just mad. It's not just angry. If you come up with mad and angry, like, no, I'm feeling ticked off right now. That's how I feel. I want you to take just a second. Take one breath. And see if there is a base emotion underneath that, all right? Because anger is kind of a little bit more protective than our more sensitive, really heavy, really, the emotions we have so much fear about feeling. Is there something underneath it? Is it fear? Is it heartbreak? Is it rejection? Is it inadequacy? Is it shame? What were you feeling underneath the anger? Okay, that part... That part is interesting because that's important for the next question. When you find that base emotion, I want you to ask yourself, why am I unwilling to feel this emotion? And here's the thing. Some of you guys have been like are just deep immersed in this work of thought work. We get really, really good at changing our thinking so we don't have to feel those uncomfortable emotions. And all of us have a different set of like preferred uncomfortable emotions. So there's some uncomfortable emotions that are a little bit uncomfortable. And then there's uncomfortable emotions underneath that. That ain't no way we're going to sit and try to do those uncomfortable emotions. Some of you like the the most uncomfortable emotions that you have are inadequacy, embarrassment, rejection, So we jump out of them really fast. And I think where we get the most power over it and over the experiences outside of us when we can't quite tell that we're the creators of it is being able to sit in that emotion and to be able to experience that emotion. So in that moment between stimulus and response and that emotion flares up for you and that response wants to come out really, really fast because the brain's already sorted it. It already knows what it means about our life. It already knows what it means about you. It already knows what all of it. It already has exactly where it fits into all of your beliefs. We just have to slow that part down and start to jump into the nurture a little bit. What are you feeling? And why are you so uncomfortable with feeling this certain emotion? But that does require you to name the emotion. And I want you to get, like I said, in all past podcasts, get specific. The more specific you are with your language, the more it's going to just feel right, feel like it's pinpointed. Another question that you can ask yourself once you've named that emotion is kind of jump into that nurture of yourself. Like what do I need right now? What do I need to hear right now? This helps you take care of your needs so you no longer need the circumstance to take care of your needs. You get that power back, which is going to take some of that anger, frustration, resentment, whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment. And it's going to kind of just make it a little bit smaller, a little bit less heavy. It'll probably still be there, but it does change your focus and it changes the person that comes to the table rather than this Fighter that comes to the table. Now you have the nurturing mother that's giving this sad toddler a hug. Another example of a question you can ask yourself in that moment is one that I love so much. It's what am I making this mean about me? About me, about my life, about my marriage, about my capabilities. What am I making this mean about me? If we could get really clear on what just happened, maybe it was words that somebody said, maybe it was an action, maybe it was something that failed in your business, you know, not hitting a goal or a number on a scale, whatever it is, what are you making it mean about you? I like to just see that because that part always feels like truth in my head every single time. (laughs) Every single time I ask it, I'm like, but that is what it means about me. But if we're widening this gap of choice, we just kind of question that. And then to pair with that one is, could I be wrong about the meaning that I'm giving these words or this circumstance? Could I be wrong about the meaning? Because could you? Remember, again, that's kind of arguing that truth side of it. Okay, this is one that is, this next one is one that is about that nurture side. That's something I've been really diving into is that nurture side that is coming out when my toddler brain comes out because that's what it needs. Is it possible to honor what I'm feeling right now and not be angry at the person who provided the circumstance? Because in that time, I really feel like they're the cause of my feelings. But what if my feelings aren't wrong? What if the thoughts that I'm thinking aren't wrong at the time? Because Sometimes if somebody says something hurtful to you that you find hurtful, right? Because of your thoughts, we want to be hurt. We don't, it doesn't feel like kindness. It doesn't feel like honoring ourselves. If we're like, yeah, you could choose a different thought right now, though. Like you could, you're just kind of being silly about this. You could choose a different thought. If somebody says something that you don't like, honor that feeling to yourself right now, you're hurt. You're the only one that can hurt you, but it's okay. It's understandable. And guess what? You need a hug. So be the one to provide that hug for you. What do you need? Like it's totally okay if you're mad. It's totally okay if those words stung a little bit. What do you need to hear? And then is it possible to start playing with the idea is it possible that you can honor those feelings and they can be real and you also don't have to hate and be mad at the person that provided those words. You can be, but I don't think it feels very good to be angry and mad. I think sometimes it serves a purpose, but if it was possible, would you choose to do that? I'm not telling you that you have to. I'm not telling you that it's right in every single circumstance. But there are some circumstances where it could be right for you. That you can honor your feelings and not be angry. They can exist at the same time. And then the last question I love asking, sometimes it's way easier to ask in retrospect, is what if nothing has gone wrong? In retrospect, I have lots of access to that. Like, yeah, it had to happen that way so this could happen. And so this could happen because I can, I'm in the future, right? And that, that, well, I'm in the present, but that thing was in the past. Therefore, I was in the future, whatever. So, what if nothing has gone wrong? What if everything was for your good? What if this thing was supposed to happen? It's not wrong. It's not even a problem. It's just a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, the point of asking all these questions, the point is just to get the wheels of your brain turning. We're just widening that space between stimulus and response and that is it. That is what I want you to think about this this whole week and apply it to any situation where you have automatic responses. Maybe it's with your loved ones because or with your kids, like for me. Kids yell, kids fight, mom yells back. Okay? I want to widen that response time. Maybe that can help me access some compassion. Maybe it can help me access some love for them, love for me, love for everybody in the story, maybe, but maybe also I'll choose to be a little angry about it. I could. The only, po- the only purpose of this week is just to give ourselves that space to choose, that space to think about it, that space to have inquiry. That's what I want for you this week. That's what I want you to practice Widening that gap just helps you make things mean what you actually want them to mean. This is going to help you create such wonderful, amazing relationships in your life and help you create the results that you actually want, not results that are influenced by what other people around you want and expect from you. And it's going to do it with less anger, less resentment, less frustration. I can guarantee you because. You like your reasons because you know your reasons. You gave yourself space and time to think about those reasons and why you wanna show up that certain way. You're more intentional with those responses. And just like it said in that quote, in our response lies our growth and our freedom. That second part of freedom coming from somebody who is a Holocaust survivor is pretty powerful. Could you imagine creating freedom in any space of your life? Pretty awesome. Okay, my friends, if you got anything out of this podcast, I would love if you leave a review of the podcast or share it with a friend and tag me in it. I would love to just thank you personally for the share. And if you need a coach, if you need a coach that can help you with your relationships As you build something, as you're growing something, I want to be your coach. Come and work with me. Come on for a consult. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me where your roadblocks are. And then we figure out a plan for you. We figure out the subjects that we're going to coach on. You have a coach to call you out on these things. When I see stimulus response without any reaction time, when I see the truth that you're hanging on to that just might not be truth. Because like I said, sometimes it's so concrete in our brain that we can't see it. We need an outside set of eyes to help us out with that. So come in. The link is in my bio on Instagram and you can fill out the form to set up the appointment. It's super easy. You don't even have to talk to me if you don't want to until the call. So I will see you then. Thank you for being here. And I just love you. Go have a good week. Go widen that gap of choice. Bye bye.